Hello friends! This is People Are Interesting with Jan K. In each episode of this show, unique individuals share stories that take us on a ride across ideas and places. Featuring crocodile attacks in Indonesia, escaping war-torn Lebanon, and shark protection schemes in Mauritania. This podcast takes you where you've never been before. Enjoy and thank you for joining the club. The following is an uncut conversation with Dave about his life and addiction. It's raw, introspective and brutally honest. I would like to thank Dave for sharing his story and hopefully other people can benefit from this recording. Thanks. Yeah, so my dad left my mom because she was an alcoholic and um, after that everything went downhill. I didn't see my dad for years and years and years. Like he just basically, he totally just abandoned me and my family and started raising a new one. Um, I, my mom found some random person to rent out the basement of my house and they were involved in drugs and alcohol and it was an 18 year old girl and her little sister. She sold drugs. I was exposed to marijuana at the age of nine. Um, and that's when I started getting uh, sexually assaulted in the house by her little sister who was 14 and I was nine. Um, that ended up being a four-year long-term relationship with a uh, till I was about thirteen, and uh, I was I was smoking marijuana every single day until about the age of fourteen when I uh, got sent to juvenile hall for the first time for selling weed, and um, I had a gun on me. Um, <clears throat> oh, I came out when I was around sixteen. And I had been experimenting with uh, Percocet and, you know, opioids, uh, you know, for pain. Um, I got addicted to those pretty much right away. I was popping pills every single day, every chance I could. My stepfather, who was now in the picture, was getting uh, prescribed opioids, you know, when the whole opioid blast came and everyone was getting them and I was blow. I was sniffing Opanas every day uh, for about two years, and I got into this car accident. I actually, I I, I got into this uh, car accident, um, and uh, after that, the pain pills really weren't doing much for me, so I went straight to heroin. So I had, I I got my first bag of heroin at the age of seventeen. Um, I started doing that every single day, and. Within six months, my, my, my addiction, it, 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 it progressed so fast. It was like a flash before my eyes. Um, I had became so suicidal that um, I, I, I was really high one night and my mother had kicked me out and I, um, I lost hope. I called my father. He wouldn't, he wouldn't talk to me. He disowned me. I had nowhere to go. I was homeless. So I went to my girlfriend's house and as I was driving over there, uh, a car full of kids that were bullying me during that time. They saw me on the road and they tried running me off the road. So I was high and I fucking, they, I saw them at an intersection. So I basically just floored my car and I drove into them at around 90 miles an hour. Um, their car flipped vertically, like back end first, like front end first and then rolled like long ways. Um, I tried to kill myself, and I tried taking all of them with me, but I actually ended up just getting arrested and charged for it, and I had to go upstate for two years. I got a drug program. I had a really good lawyer. 
Um, everyone survived. Well, great. Luckily, there was five people in the car. But I, I basically just tried to kill myself, and um, it didn't work. Uh, so I, ca- I came out of the program. I had a child with my girlfriend at the time. I straightened up for a little while, and then she cheated on me a few more times, and I went back downhill again. And you know, I had stints of sobriety here and there. You know, a couple months here, a couple months there, and then um, you know. My mother moved to South Carolina while I was in prison, and um, I came out. I had nowhere to go again, so that was rough, especially with a baby on the way. Uh, I started getting high again behind my ex-wife's back, and she left me um, again. Uh, so around the age of 22, I really started getting my shit together. I got a good job. I sobered up. I was off the heroin. I was off the alcohol. I was completely sober, except I was prescribed Valium. Uh, just to help me sleep at night, but I was taking it as prescribed. I got my own place, had a good job, um, found a really nice girlfriend, which was a kid, and same age as my kid, and everything was working out really well, and then she started getting, you know, distant. She wanted to go back to her baby daddy, so I started drinking alcohol again, but I was hitting the liquor this time, and it was just getting really bad. I started, you know, doing dope again, and um, I overdosed for the first time, because I hadn't done dope um, with the fentanyl. It was, I always had gotten real dope and I sobered up and, but in the meantime of me being sober, the fentanyl was introduced and I overdosed. Um, you know, I got brought back by Narcan. They had to shoot me up a couple of times in Narcan. I went to rehab. My job mandated me to go to rehab because uh, I did it, I overdosed on the job. Um, came out and Within, within a month, I started drinking again, and then within six months, you know, I started getting high again. But this time, I was doing heroin, and I was doing smoking crack. Um, so I'm 24 now, 20, I'm 25 now, and, you know, the pandemic comes, and we were getting all that money from the government, and that's when shit, like, really, really got bad. I was so bad into the fentanyl, and I had never tried getting sober. I had never tried so hard to get sober, because back when the heroin was there... You, all you had to do was wait a day and you could take a Suboxone and you were okay. You were feeling better. But now with the fentanyl, you got to wait five, six, seven days. Otherwise, if you take the Suboxone too soon, you go through something called participated withdrawal. And it's basically just very, very severe withdrawals that hit you all at once very bad because the Suboxone is knocking the opioids off your receptors and it's causing your body to go and get sick. So I kept trying to do that, and I kept getting sick and sick and sick, and I had waited days, three, four, five days, kept getting sick. And then I said, wow, man, you know, I really got to do something here. And I had, I was spending, uh, like, 200 bucks a day on the heroin and, like, 100 bucks a day on the crack. Um, I mean, we were getting $1,100 a week from the government during the pandemic. I mean, it was pretty easy to go through that money, especially. I, you didn't have to, I stopped paying my bills. I didn't have to pay rent or anything. And then I was working on the side, too, so... I was loaded. I had the most money I've ever made, and it, it was going just as fast as it was coming in. So I started like really, I started really looking at myself in the mirror and like physically, and I started getting really scared because I was getting really, really skinny, and I was getting depressed, and I was starting to think about suicide again, and the crack was really just getting to me again, and you know. So I packed my shit, and I just you know irrationally just packed my shit, and I drove out west. Uh, I got, I drove out to Oregon and I just started my life over. Um, I had gotten a job with the union that I was in. 
I was doing really good. I, I sobered up. I quit drinking. I moved into a sober house um, in southeast Portland. Uh, I, I was basically just a success story all over again. I mean, I, I was I had a year. I got over there. I was I lived there about a year. I was going to AA every day. hadn't touched nothing. I was doing really good. I started going to the gym again. I was like 200 pounds. I was all muscle. I was fucking solid. And then, um, I don't know, my ex-wife wanted to get back together with me since we were done, since I was doing good, and I proved to her that we were doing good, and came back, you know, I, I left my life in Oregon, I came back here, I lived here for about six months before she decided that she didn't want to be with me, and she wanted to be with her ex-boyfriend, and kicked me out of the house, and within, you know, with that same day I got high, I picked up, you know, um... Oh. I was homeless again. I didn't know where to go, so I started using dope again. And you know, I said, uh, you know, fuck it, man. Like uh, this is it. You know, I, I promised myself if I used again, I wasn't coming back. I was just gonna keep going until the wheels fell off. And then, uh, you know, now I'm about 26, um, 26 years old, and I'm living with my buddy who lives in a bungalow. And you know, I'm 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 getting high again and. You know, I was still getting my unemployment from the, from Oregon because I had gotten laid off. Like, I took a layoff. I was getting my unemployment. So I had money coming in, but I was still getting, you know, I started getting high again. And then I was like, you know, work is really slow with construction. I went to school to go get my CDL. I got my Class A license. I was driving that tractor trailer in school every single day high on heroin or fentanyl. I was high every day in school. I was driving a tractor trailer high. You know, I drive drunk and I drive high every day. Um, I'm driving right now. I'm actually going to pick up a fucking bag of crack. Um, I just got off of work. Um, so, I, I, uh, I'm living with my buddy, you know, and I, he's a slob. I, I try to, I try to keep clean the house and stuff like that. I couldn't stand it anymore. I mean, there was hundreds of beer bottles all over the place. You know, I can't bring my daughter over there. It just sucks, man. I was getting depressed, and um, I don't know. I just, I got my CDL. I didn't really do anything with it because I know I'm going to kill somebody. I just kind of did it just to do it. Um, I'm not sober or clean enough to drive a vehicle 8,000 pounds down the highway. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I'm doing that because I, I'm not selfish, man. I want to and everything, but I know that it's not safe for me to do that. Um so I just got the CDL and I started working construction and, you know, I actually found this room about, you know, a year ago. And then I found myself like really fucking contemplating suicide, like seriously. Like I was, I couldn't even say it. Like my mother asked me one time, why am I so depressed? And I just couldn't get the words out. Like it, I, all I wanted to tell her was like, mom, listen, I'm going to blow my head off. Like I couldn't even get it out, you know? And uh, I had bought a gun from my friend and, you know, uh, about two months ago, I was live streaming. Um, I was going to live stream my suicide, man. And I was on the live stream. And I was there for about an hour. And, you know, I had been smoking crack and doing dope and sniffing dope and drinking. I was really drunk. And I put it on the live stream. And I just wanted to tell people, like, listen, you know, just to be aware. Like, listen, this shit's real. You know, you got to check on your... No one would call me. Like, I have no friends. No one wants to be friends with me because I'm a, I'm a shit bag. Like, I... You know, I have morals and everything and whatnot, but I'm just a drug addict, dude. You know, like, I work every day. I'm, I'm, I'm just a drug addict. Like, who the fuck wants to be with a drug addict, you know? So, uh, can you hear me? 
I can hear you. Actually, I wanted to say, okay. actually, because when, when we started talking earlier today, I, I thought you're a very articulate and intelligent person. Like I, I, yeah. I, I thought I, I thought you were going through like your your cleanup phase right now, and you're telling me that actually things are not looking so great for you for you right now. Oh no, I'm I'm high. You thought I was clean? Yeah, I thought you were. As in, like I. Maybe that's like clean. I yeah, because you you sound very I'm, articulate. I'm not clean, man. Yeah. Okay. That's that's that, that's fine. But but I think like I. You you seem you seem like you're a very very clever guy. A lot of you know, like you can do a lot of things. Like you you have a very interesting story, like the the stuff that you've done in Portland. That sounds amazing. Yeah, man. I mean, I I'm not stupid. I'm I'm act, I am smart. You know. I mean. Yeah. I have a, I I I could if I wanted to I could go make six figures right now, man. Like I I'm educated. You know, I'm, I'm very educated. I, I I know I know a lot. I know I have a lot of skills. I have I just have a drug problem, man. I, I, I just I have a drug problem. It's that simple. Yeah, I un- I, I totally understand that. But do you mind me asking? Because it seems like you go through phases. Like things you will kind of like you will kind of like relapse, and then you will clean up and like sort out your life almost in no time get a get a good job like find find a place to live and and then you know something something difficult traumatizing happens like you know like a, like a, like a breakup or or you know like some something something that is difficult you know emotionally and to deal with and then you kind of, you find yourself relapsing do 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 you think like what are your experiences when you're going through this like how 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 does it make make you feel like to you know so, to be able to sort yourself out this easily but then like find yourself relapsing as well well i'm at a point in my life it's hard i like that that's the, that's the only time i really like i i'm uh, don't you see him on the phone bitch what the fuck man Okay, I, I, I've always been alone, you know, I've always been alone and I put them in two times, like, I had nowhere, I, I just, I don't know, I never partner in my life, like, stable, yes, but somewhat toxic, and I, I just don't have enough self-worth, I don't like myself enough to get clean for me, I always do it for someone else, mm. you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think very highly of myself. No, I, my, I mean the SWAT team. My suicide. Someone had called the police. So I was. I, I really want. This was. This happened two months ago. Like I, I really wanted to kill myself. I still think about it sometimes. You know. I just don't. I don't feel like I have any reason to live, and the only way I really feel. Like I can get through this as if I if I get drugs so I can take my mind off of it. That's 
why I always it's so easy for me to relapse. You know. Yeah, I get, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Do you, but but then you seem you seem like you're an incredibly introspective person. Like you understand what you're going through, and you have like reflections about it and and it seems like you have it thought through like you understand for example why you relapse right which is like that's you know a lot of people don't understand what's going on with them but for you it like it seems like it comes quite naturally to understand it yeah i mean i've been i've been on drugs since i was i mean the week nine so it's been you know i've been on opiates for well over 12 years now like i I, I know I know when a relapse is coming, you know, really? and, and I, I, oh yeah, I know it right away. What do you mean? I know it right away. What do you mean? Like, if I'm clean and and let's say I have, let's for example, let's say I have three months clean, and like something happens where like that trigger just hit, you know, like oh, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna get high today, but it's not like that. I don't say it like I'm gonna get high today. I'm just going to go about my day and, you know, if, if, if I run into this person, which is most likely going to happen, like, I'm going to get high. And then, and then it's like, you know what, I'm probably not going to run into this person. Let me just call him. And as soon as I make that phone call, it's a wrap. Like, um, it's it. As soon as I dial that number, as soon as I start thinking about it, like, there's no stopping me. As soon as I make that first phone call... Even if the guy doesn't pick up, it's a, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm getting drugs that day. You know, it's not like, oh, if I call him and if he picks up, I'll get it. But if he doesn't, I won't. Like, as soon as I make that phone call, it's, I'm not going to stop calling until he picks up. You know? Yeah. And that's that. Like and he- that's how I know when a relapse is coming. Like, that first phone call, whether he picks it up or not. That's that's my relapse. It's coming. Trust me, and it's gonna be there that day. I'm not stopping until I get it. You know, because you've kind of like committed by making this call. You've yeah. Com- you've commi- oh yeah, I'm definitely committed. Yeah. And I mean now, I mean they. I have an eight year old daughter, and like everyone always says, like you got to live for that baby girl, and and now I do. Today I do live for that baby girl. You know, I do, but. For the longest, longest time, her mother had raised her to hate me. So how can I, why would I want to live for a baby girl that doesn't even like me? That doesn't need me. I mean, this is what her mother raised her to treat me. She she used to treat me the way her mother did, which is disrespectful, didn't love me, called me names. If If I said hello to her, she'd ignore me. She just didn't, her mother is a nasty person, disgusting human being. And... My daughter saw that, how she treated me. And the only thing my daughter did was copy that and treated me how her mother treated me. So they can say, you know, you got to live for that baby girl. And why would I live for a baby girl that is raised to not like me or want to be in my life? It doesn't really give, it's not a good reason to make me want to stay alive. You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand. But But now that my daughter's getting older... She's starting to make decisions and she's starting to make her own judgment. And she sees me and I've been coming around the last, you know, about six, seven months. My daughter and I have gotten a very, it's like night and day, our relationship. 
I mean, my daughter loves me today, regardless if I'm on drugs or not. Like, she loves me. And I see and I see her as much as I can. I see her at least twice a week. Um, I know it's not much, and I know I could be doing better as a father. But, um, you know, I had always been in my daughter's life from since she was a little baby. When I, when I was clean and I was going to have my apartment and stuff like that, she would come over Friday through Sunday every week for years. And... Um, uh, it was just awkward because her mother, I was her baby, I was her mom's babysitter, so she can go out and get fucked all weekend. You know what I mean? And my daughter didn't like me. And then when she'd pick her up, she'd fucking not even. Her, my daughter wouldn't even say goodbye to me. She would just walk out the house and go like, no hug, nope, nothing, just walk, just ignore me, just walk away. And that's when I was like, yo, fuck this, like I'm going to Oregon. That's when I made the decision. And uh, what was I gonna say? But within the last six months, like, my daughter's older now. You know what I'm saying? So she's able to make her own judgment. And she's she's starting to realize, like, wow, my mom is a fucking piece of garbage. Like, her mom has had so many men in her life. It's disgusting. Like, the lack of respect that her mother has for herself. And my daughter is just totally over it. But now, finally, she found a, a steady boyfriend, I guess you can say. And, like, her mother wants her to love him so bad, and she's just like, Dad, like, I he, I don't like him. Like, I would so much rather have you at home, Dad. Like, I wish you and Mom would just work it out. I I want you at home, Dad. I'm like, no, sorry, honey, but that's never going to happen. And she, oh, she calls me every day, Dad, can you come pick me up? I want to get out of here. Dad, come pick me up. Dad, come pick me up. But she's starting to see how, how much of a piece of shit her mother is, man. You know, it took eight years, but she, she realized it, you know, yeah. and, um, you know, she loves her mom and everything. You're welcome. She loves her mom and everything. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, she wants to be, she wants to be her, um, you know, best friend and whatnot. And <clears throat> I don't know, man. It's just, uh, it's tough. She start. she started, she's starting to see the bigger picture. You know what I mean? She's starting to see the bigger picture of, wow, my dad actually has been trying this whole time. You know, my dad actually, like, she's, my daughter has seen me, des- like, cry in desperation just for, for her to love me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I totally understand what you're saying, man. I, I, I hear you. Yeah. Well, I mean, so. so I don't, go ahead, my bad. No, 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 please, please go ahead. What I wanted to say is that, like, so, so like, is, is, does that change your mind in any, in any way about, like, being stronger and not relapsing? Or you're, like, those two things are kind of, like... I'm sorry. One, one, one second, sir. One second. No worries, man. One sec. I'm going to need you to repeat that. I just got to pay for this real quick. Are we good, brother? Yeah, yeah, I'm still okay. here. Thank you. No, no, all right, you're good, man. Thank you, sir. Uh, I just had to buy something at the store. Yeah, of course, no worries, man. Um, Go ahead, can you start over with that question? Of course, of course. Do you, do you feel like, because it the way you were talking about your daughter, it sounded like th- there's a lot of like good energy in there um, on, on your side and on the side of your daughter as well. So do you feel like that kind of gives you any strength to... to to, to, to not relapse or like not take your life or do you feel like those two things are kind of like 
they are they are apart. Like, do they influence? Um, you're. I kind of know what you're saying. Um, I do feel a little bit of God, but I believe in God, and I want God in my life, and I'm just so far away from God that it's hard to distinguish whether or not He had done that for me to help me in you know life life on life's terms kind of like it as of right now no it doesn't it doesn't make me want to not relapse or not use like i said i'm going to get drugs now you know it doesn't make me want to relapse or use i just when i'm with my daughter it's just one of those things that i don't worry about anything else i just kind of want to cherish that moment you know and there's times where my daughter has called me and said, Dad, please, like, I want to see you come pick me up. And I'm totally fucked up. And, like, I still, I go, man. Like, even even if I'm fucked up, I just still go. Because it's unconditional love. Like, she knows when I'm fucked up. She she can tell, you know. She, she She's seen how I am when I'm sick, when I'm not sick. You know, why we got to go see this same guy every single day. You know, stuff like that. Because if I don't, I'm going to get, I'm not going to feel good. Yeah. But she knows when I'm fucked up, and she just loves me unconditionally. She doesn't care. It, it's almost like it doesn't matter. You know? Yeah. And I feel like God put that in there, so I could I could still enjoy the time with her. She doesn't, she doesn't, she's not scared of me. I know some kids don't want to be around their parents when they're high. Like, she's not scared of me. She knows I love her. She knows I'm not ever going to hurt her. Like, I feel like God did that. I feel like God, you know, all right, like, okay, here, Dave, here, like, regardless if you're high, like, it's still, you can go see your daughter. Your daughter's not going to be scared of you, you know, or you're going to make it over there. You're not that messed up. You can still drive over there. Like, you're going to make it just fine, you know? I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to explain it. I kind of see what question you're asking, but at the same time, I don't think I'm answering it correctly. No, I, I think you are. I think you are. So, I, so basically, let me rephrase the question. Um, do you feel like your your drug addiction is out of control and uh, unmanageable? Because it seems like you can hold a job and you know function rather well. It, it's not. I wouldn't say it's man. I wouldn't say it, it's man. I would say my life is manageable right now. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to my drug addiction, I feel like I'm totally past the the point of having a choice. Like it's almost ingrained; it's like written in stone at this point. But I'm not trying to make an excuse because I know that a lot. Of, you know, you wake up and you got to make a choice. Right now, I'm not on the heroin, so I do have a choice whether to pick up the heroin or the fentanyl. I don't need the fent- I don't need the heroin. I'm good. I'm stable. I'm I'm on I'm on Suboxone. I've been on Suboxone. Like I know it's not sober sober, but I have a choice, man. I have a choice to wake up and not take that Suboxone that day. And I have a choice to go and get that bag of heroin. But I don't. I make sure I take my Suboxone every single day. Now, I fucking have a crack addiction. But I've, I always had a crack addiction. It's not because I put the heroin down. I mean, when it comes to that, I feel like, and I know people don't agree with this, I feel like I just need some kind of geographical change because I wake up, I take the same roads to work, I work at the same jobs, and I work in the same city all the time, and it's just like, it's a, it's a habit, man. Like, I, I just, I go, and 
I'm like I'm, I just pass I pass by the like we have block boys out here. They, you could just go go to the block and there's people outside. You could just go cop drugs. And I'm that's what I'm doing right now. And it's just I gotta pass that every day. And it just it became habit routine. One second, one sec. No worries. What's up? Um, yeah, my bad. No, so, no, not at all. No worries. So. It, it became a habit. It, that's all it is now. It's a habit. It's a routine. You know? Yeah. Change it. it, it you know what I'm saying? I do. I do. But so, it, but, so is it like... Yeah. It kind of like helped... Yeah, 40. What's that? So is it like it kind of helps you to kind of cope with the daily life? Or why? Yeah. It lets me get outside of myself, man. I, I don't like thinking about my life. I'm living in the past. I'm depressed. Stuff like that. And I don't like living like that. And this right here just gives me some kind of sense of relief. You know, I get to go home. I get to smoke. It's quiet. Chill. Have a few drinks. You know, it's just I get to stay away from people. I don't like being around people. Stuff like that. It's all good. They're just work clothes. My bad, homie. Hold on one second, boss, man. I'm on phone real quick. You're good. Do your thing. Yeah, no, nah, I don't. Oh, shit. Yeah, I hope. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, yo, you definitely got the best shit out here, bro. Hands down. Can't, I can't deal with them other guys. No, all right. We good. We good. Thanks, homie. All right, man. Be safe. I'm gonna call you next time. Alright, good looking. Alright. Alright, man, so what were we talking about? Um, we were talking about. Uh, oh, the relief. Yeah. yeah, the routine and the relief and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um,. Do you think we could pick up where we left off maybe tomorrow? Because I got to get on a pretty busy highway now. Yeah, of course, buddy. Of course. I, okay. I, th I, think, Listen, I, th I think this was a pretty... Huh? Pr yeah, this was a pretty... Yeah, we, we spoke for over 30 minutes. So let's pick it up. I, I won't be able to make it tomorrow. Um, but we have we have each other's number. So let's be in touch, okay? Does yeah, that... we'll be in touch. All, All right. right, thank you, I... and I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, and take care of yourself, mate. You're a good guy. It was very nice talking to you. All right? Thank you. Thanks. All right, we'll talk again. Yeah, enjoy the rest of your day. All right. Bye, man. You too.